Welcome back to the Locks on Diamondbacks podcast. On today's pod, we got Paul Holden of Lockdown Rockies to explain what the hell they're doing. Trevor Story, Chris Bryant, we break it all down next. You are Locked on Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Lockdown Diamondbacks podcast. I'm your host, Miller Thomas, multimedia journalist and graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. Um, there you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account. Or just look up Lockdown Diamondbacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, thank you for making Lockdown Diamondbacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. But now let's jump into that conversation with Paul Holden of Lockdown Rockies. Very excited to be joined by the one, the only Millard Thomas, host of Locked On Diamondbacks. I just realized when we started this, I don't have the little graphic thing in the background. I don't know if that'll be an issue. I don't know if that'll be a problem, but we're just going to keep rolling on (laughs) in in, in the meantime, as I just realized that as we went live here, but uh, Miller, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me on Paul. Yeah. The graphic thing looks a little weird, but I think we're okay. We're just going to keep chugging along here. (laughs) I completely spaced it. I wanted to, I I'm like, let me host this one as I'm (laughs) acting as if I'm going to be the prepared one. And yet uh, here we are. How about I'm I'm just going to do that. So it looks a a little bit (laughs) better for us, but you should know Millard by now. Honestly, if you've been listening to the podcast for a bit, this isn't our first uh, time that we've chatted together. So uh, Millard, you had some questions, so let's 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 um, hit me with it. What do you what do you want to what do you want to know about the the purple pinstripes? Yes. Uh. Well, I first want to get into some uh, Trevor Story action with you first, Paul, because of course we woke up to the news yesterday morning seeing Trevor Story broke finally signed. He was one of the big names still remaining on the block on the on the market, and the Red Sox they were a team rumored the last week or so that. They might be in on Trevor Story. I just never thought it was going to materialize just because I thought he was a better fit elsewhere, Yankees or whatever. But now seeing Trevor Story officially no longer Rocky, heading over to the Red Sox, six years, 140. What were your first thoughts when you saw Story leaving? Because I'm sure you've been expecting this day for a while now, Paul. Yeah, on I'm I'm it, it, as much of it was a bummer that it, you know they couldn't figure things out and uh, the one percent to five percent hope that I held that Trevor Story might come back because as 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 the off season was going on I was kind of starting to sit there like this is getting weird but with Correa not signing until uh, you know just right before Trevor Story uh, as well as Freddie Freeman and stuff it kind of doesn't not that shocking anymore when I look at it. Um, as as disappointed as I am, I'm kind of just glad it's we know he's not in the division and thank God he's going into the other he's going into the American League. They're not going to have to deal with it. And I think Boston got a heck of a player and and 
I, I was never for him ch- changing positions, but I think if you're going to have him switch a position, playing something like second base makes a heck of a lot more sense than third base or the outfield. I think that's going to be a more natural fit for Trevor Story to go in there. And I, I think he's going to have an impact on that Red Sox lineup. I'm, I'm glad he got to go to a contender, and I'm glad the Rockies decided to, to at least go out and say, hey, Trevor, we got Chris Bryant. Do you, you know, the door is open. So as much as it's a tough pill to swallow, like you mentioned, something we expected, something we saw, I'm just glad it didn't end up being in. I'm I'm glad it wasn't the Giants like it was being said there kind of late. And I'm certainly glad it wasn't the Dodgers. Um, And, you know, it's a bummer for for Verakis fans, but it was one we all saw coming. And even the players saw coming as well. They most of them have, I think, been quoted. I, I know at least Ryan McMahon has been quoted as saying they saw the writing on the wall with Trevor Story. So, uh, you know, uh, at this point, it's just kind of like, all right, we we knew it's coming. Now the Band-Aid is officially ripped off. Yeah, the Giants would have been interesting just because it would have been like a swapping of your guys' two stars basically from last season. But what do we know any of the reported contracts offered to Trevor Story by the Rockies in you know the last couple of months during this lockout? Because I thought I saw one like story today saying the Rockies were willing to pay more, at least as much as the Red Sox paid for Trevor Story, but Trevor Story just did not want to return to the Rockies. Yeah, that's I, I believe um that the that they yeah, the Rockies were doing something that was similar. I I I saw that as well. Um Story was uh, the Rockies. Story's longtime team was willing to pay more than the 140 million he got. This was from uh, from from John uh, Heyman on uh, Twitter. There, however, Story said to see Boston as a better chance to win. So, it, Story Story valued the the mix up, and and it kind of makes sense, honestly. I I just think it was a big stretch for Trevor story to stick it out after what had happened with the Nolan trade and then how the trade deadline went and then John gray situation. And then another change in terms of front office, I, I, you know, I'm glad the Rocky stayed engaged as long as they did to at least try. That's something that I do. I do like, but I, I can't blame Trevor for sitting there and saying, you know what? I, that ship has sailed and, and it, and it makes total sense. Now, now the Rockies really can, embrace this new Chris Bryant led identity. Like now, <laughs> now it's Chris Bryant's team. You know what I mean? It, there's no, like there's no lingering as, as much as it's hurts Rockies fans. And as much as it's a bummer that that core that was in the playoffs, um, you know, they're really not here anymore. Those they're all those pieces have been, have, have are either, you know, not in the game on other teams or they're Charlie Blackman. Who's apparently still going to play right field. So that's, that's, that's kind of where it's at. And it's so, Kind of, it's a little refreshing. I don't know. I hate to use that word, but it's Ooh. over. You know what I mean? In terms of it's, it's. I'm not sitting here. What if I'm not? At, you know, we know that he's gone. We know the Rockies tried. We know that it was about winning. So, so now, I mean, that that the, the Rockies have to answer the call of, are they actually a winning team like Chris Bryant says they are, and like they told Trevor Story they were going to be, or is Trevor Story on it where the organization is in a is is not suited to win? Yeah, because we'll talk about Chris Bryant a little bit in segment number two because I definitely felt like he was going for a little bit of a cash grab, which I'm okay with. So we'll talk about that in segment number two a little bit. But how do you feel about the contract that Trevor Story did accept 
too with the Boston Red Sox, you know, like an annual average salary of like 23 million a year. Do you feel like that was fair value for Trevor Story? The Rockies are saying they would have paid as much or more. But as you know, as a fan of the team, if you were the GM of the Rockies, would you have been comfortable giving that contract to Trevor Story? Yeah. I I think Trevor's story was criminally undervalued this offseason. I I think he's going to be successful. I don't know if he's going to be the best version ever again, but to go in a play a hitter friendly ballpark against some ALEs pitching that I think he's going to be able to feast on. Trevor's story gets to hit at Fenway and at Yankee Stadium a lot of his a lot of the time now. I I I think it's a great great deal for the Red Sox and I and that's I would have no problem paying Trevor Story 25 mil a year if I could lock him down for for six years, especially when you're looking at the Red Sox and here's here's what how it goes. You either have Trevor Story work out at second base and him and Xander Bogarts become a great tandem and Xander Bogarts is able to you keep him around and they're you're able to keep both of them and you have a great middle of the infield. Xander Bogarts and you don't work out on a deal, bam, you just shift Trevor Story over. You got a shortstop for five more seasons and then you can work on something like second base, which I think is an easier position to get someone more uh, accustomed to or train or, or build someone up versus shortstop. I find shortstop yeah. to be an incredibly valuable position, especially on defense. And I think that that's it. Trevor's story is, was great as a defender. Everyone just looks at this bad year that he had both on offense and defense. Cause he really strong. He, he didn't have his best year, but he still was the Rockies best uh, player in terms of war uh, wins above replacement last year, even on a down year, multiple errors and at the, uh, low uh, low offensive production as well as the injury. So yeah, I easily would pay tre- the the contract for Trevor Story, and and I'm not surprised to hear the Rockies offered him more. But that's you know I think Trevor Story was looking at it, it's like eh, I could probably earn a little bit more uh, that that extra between contracts of being more in the national stage if I'm if I'm able to break out. Trevor Story will make more money the money the difference in the contracts if he becomes uh you know a face of the Red Sox, which is a little bit more national recognition uh, than being the face of the Colorado Rockies. Yeah, we got a wave by Locked On Yankees. What's up, Locked On Yankees? How What's you doing up? out there? Sorry, uh, Trevor Story still your player. But um, yeah, Trevor Story, I think the main reason the Red Sox got and for the reasons you said in terms of being insurance for Xander Bogart, I think that's the most important thing because the Red Sox all of a sudden have been kind of cheap with their homegrown superstars. We saw the Mookie Best trade a couple years ago. They brought in the right. guy from Tampa Bay to run their front office. So I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if they let Xander Bogart to walk in free agency because I think he's going to command a contract greater than what Trevor Story just got. He'll probably get closer to um, somewhere in between like what Corey Seager and Carlos Correa got, I guess, um, this past free agency. But do you think playing in Coors Field is like the main reason people were like trepidatious to give Story a big contract just because they didn't know because the splits are definitely favored toward Coors Field, but it's not like he's a bum if you take him out of that stadium. I'd say the the reason it took this long for Trevor Story to go and the narrative of Trevor Story not being as kind of big and 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 boisterous was more due to the defense the decline in defense this year and the elbow issues versus a down year in terms of offense and hitting at Coors Field. You look at Trevor Story, especially if you were an AL East team, and you say, "I want that guy batting here no matter what," because Trevor Story is going to hit well in all of those ball ballparks 
all of those ballparks are going to suit for Trevor's story. I think people were more concerned about his ability to play shortstop and his willing and his, I, I think pre lockout, he was probably more in the mindset of, I am a shortstop. I am playing shortstop for your team. That is what I want to do. And then the lockout happened all this stuff. And then the beginning, the free agency stuff, the pieces start falling you know, players start going in different directions. Even the veterans, you know, the Rockies pick up a Jose Iglesias, for example, where they're mm-hmm. starting to pad out their plan. Cause I do think in the back of Trevor Story's mind was if he doesn't, if he didn't get a good deal, a, a, a six year, you know, 20 plus million a year deal from a team like the Red Sox, I think the uh, taking a dump truck full of cash from the Rockies was still an option for Trevor Story at some point. Um, but I think it was more the focus and the emphasis on Trevor Story as a shortstop versus Trevor Story being a Coors Field product because anyone wants that guy in their in their lineup to bring a pop because if he can cut back on the strikeouts and things that he that he increased on it seemed like he kind of regressed on this past year he's going to be back to his normal self of 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 mashing baseballs and and really good defense and yeah and I'm like I said I'm glad he's staying in the infield and especially in the middle of the infield. Cause I think that's where it is. But I, if, if, again, if I was a GM this offseason looking at Trevor story, my concerns more would have been the injury and the shortstop aspects. Can I fit that into my team uh, versus his offense? That's, that's the thing I'm not doubting at all. Yeah. And he's coming off a little bit of a down season, but I think the fact that they've had, so much of a talent during the last couple of years. I think there's just more pressure on him in the lineup. Pitchers are pitching to him differently. He's now the main guy on the scouting report. So I think part of that with the elbow injuries you mentioned this season, I, I'm pretty confident in that Red Sox lineup. Trevor Story is going to put up all-star, uh, all-star numbers once again and look like the all-star we've seen in the past. So if I had to go somewhere and bet on Trevor Story making the all-star team in 2022, do you know where I would go, Paul? For that? I got the number one spot, Millard. I'm talking the number one spot for all your future MLB futures bets. If you want to get in there, we did a whole episode already. I'm I'm curious. Uh, they have the Rockies at a 68 and a half win total. Our friends at Bet Online. Oh, okay. What I I, I I thought that was a little low. I'm not gonna lie. But <laughs> if you want to bet on MLB futures, all the college basketball action still going on. Bet Online is the place for you. It's the number one spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And like we said, it's it's not just basketball. Bet online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Multiple MLB future lines are available at Bet Online right now. So if you want to get in on the MLB betting action, you can do so at Bet Online. Head to the website today. Use that mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. This episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. This is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right, thanks to Built Bar. Have you ever tried the puffs? They're absolutely delicious. They're marshmallowy. They're fluffy. And just like the other Built Bars, they're covered in 100% real chocolate, soft, easy to chew, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for that keto diet. And the best part about Built Bars is that they trick you. I think that I'm eating a candy bar when in reality, I'm actually eating a protein bar. So if you want your own Built Bar, just go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your first order. Once again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. 
All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into the pod. Miller, you are thinking this Chris Bryant move is a Chris Bryant cash grab. You're not buying into him saying that uh, the Rockies uh, are a winning team, that he only goes to winners, that he saw that this team is uh, going to be a competitive one. What do you so so that so that's your immediate takeaway from the Bryant deal, huh? Yeah, I just I mean. I just don't get it. I don't love the deal overall. If it was more of a short-term deal, I think I would have been fine. But seven years for a guy that I feel like has started to decline a little bit over the last couple of seasons, I'm just not in love with it. But more of my overall question to you, Paul, is what's the overall game plan or strategy here by the Colorado Rockies? Because I just don't understand the direction they're going in after you know the countless discussions about how they just moved off Nolan Arenado. No one liked the value that they got back for him, and they're still paying him. Then you let Trevor Story just walk in free agency when you could have signed him or when you could have traded him at the deadline. And now you're going out there and you're paying a back back for Chris Bryant. Like, good for you for their all-star to your team, and now you don't have you know no one that fans don't want to pay tickets for but i just don't understand the overall game plan here like you could have just had arenado you could have had story and they could have gone out there and signed chris bryant this offseason now if you're coming back next season with those three as the main contributors in your lineup as a rockies fan i'm sure you would be feeling good but as of right now could you feel any better heading into next season as you just came away from this past year i feel better because the roster is in a better place than it was last week for the 2022 Colorado Rockies. Now, is this, is this the path that I would have taken? Is this something that I would have done? No, I would have kept the core of the people that you developed and, and brought that in. And, but what I'm learning and kind of starting to look through more on Twitter and things like that is it sounds like Dick Momfort had more control over the team than I thought last year. I thought when the team appointed Bill Schmidt as the interim GM, I figured that was the start of Bill Schmidt's tenure really there with him calling the shots at the, with not making the moves at the deadline, keeping the team together and, and navigating the offseason. But it sounds like Dick Momfort might have been more involved than we think in terms of team operation this past Last year, that includes a committee approach to the trade deadline last year instead of having Bill Schmidt run and and have his identity and plan for that. Um, I think this is now Bill Schmidt coming out and saying, hey, this is my version of the team. Unfort, you know, there's nothing that he's really going to be able to say because it, it wasn't technically his call to do the, 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 the Arenado trade. The moving, it sounds like it wasn't really up to him about the trade deadline and moving John Gray and Trevor's story. And it sounds like up until they started signing Senza and Crone and Ryan McMahon today, they actually were letting uh, uh, Bill Schmidt be a, the GM. So I think this was a move that the Rockies, they've always liked Chris Bryant. I've learned more about the Rockies have loved Chris Bryant from apparently as, as far back as 2013. They have been interested in his, in his ability. And he brings a, a presence that that is going to help this Rockies team. He is someone that has been an MVP, won a World Series. I, that There is value in that. But it's the first piece in hopefully one of many. And Bill Schmidt even said that today is, we we brought Brian in, and I'm paraphrasing here. This wasn't, but he said something along the lines of, "We are the foundation is here. We have good pieces, but we're not there yet." Which is honestly great to hear. That means the team is wanting to build later on, and that's what you're doing by re-signing Ryan McMahon for a six-year contract, re-signing Senzatella, re-signing Crone, re-signing Elias Diaz, re-signing Armand Marquez. I mean, those are all good pieces to have on your team. And if Chris Bryant can even get back to 
close to what he was. He's going to be a major contributor for this Rockies team. So I, I think this this move was to just say we're this is a new identity, Colorado Rockies. The door is shut, and I'm sorry. The Arenado story, Gray Rockies era, DJ era is done. It's officially done, and it and you know that we'll that'll be. It's kind of my third. I, I've been thinking the whole time after it. It's my third great what if of Rockies. What if the uh, Red Sox didn't win? Uh, you know, or the Indians won the 2007 uh, American League Championship Series. What if Troy Tulowitzki didn't get hurt all the time? And now it's what if we didn't trade Nolan Arenado and kept that core and, and added a Chris Bryant? Because you're right. The Rockies would be much better with Arenado, mm. Story, and Bryant. If you're willing to pay the money for Story and Bryant, why aren't you? Why weren't you willing to do that before? But rem- again, this is a new GM. So it could be that Bill Schmidt was able to convince Momfort that we are going to have to pay this high these these type of players a high salary a high contract to bring them in and and there is I think Bryant did too look a little bit to get I think he probably fought for that extra more of the length of the deal than oh, the than yeah. maximum money because yeah you know but what better place to get your offense back than 50 you know 20th and Blake and and you and you mash a course field I don't like him in left field though I I don't think that's a good move I think putting him in right letting him hit and letting your other people that have played the outfield I'm very worried about him learning the outfield in course field that is going to be a tough thing for him to do um but above all like when I when I sum it all up I really think this was just Bill Schmidt saying I am trying to create this next, hopefully competitive contention window team, and it starts with Chris Bryant. That's it for this edition of the Lockdown Diamondbacks podcast. Once again, did a little weird podcast for only two segments today. It's because uh, it, the pod was just weird timing. It ran too long. We got a longer Dick Monfort conver- conversation coming tomorrow. And I felt like it was just a good place to split up the pod uh, talking about Chris Bryant. So, Another pod coming tomorrow because we're back to five days a week. So expect part two with Paul and I talking Dick Monfer. And we even get a little D-backs talking there as well. That'll take up two segments. And then I'll probably do some more free agent Diamondbacks discussions to start off the pod tomorrow. So come back tomorrow for more Diamondbacks news coverage and insight. As always, thank you for making Lockdown Diamondbacks your first listen of the day. We'll make Lockdown MLB your second listen of the day with my pal, Sully Baseball. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy. This is...